Welcome to another episode of Movie Torture. Um, I'm Roger, and uh, today again I've got uh, Brad and producer Gary. Brad, uh, being a former vet, um, happy Memorial Day to you. Um, I guess this real. I, I guess this is a holiday I really don't shouldn't salute you on because you're alive. I mean. Since we're, we're we're more you know celebrating. don't kill me yet, Roger. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Hey, but Je- have you had a good weekend? So I far? have had a have had a good holiday. It's been it's been great and relaxing, and you know I get to come in here and talk about uh, a crap movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, producer Gary, have you seen this movie? What's the movie again? Exactly. <laughs> no, 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 that was perfect. That, that was perfect. Was, Gary, was you haven't up. seen the movie. What You're... a setup. What's the movie today, Roger? It, it is on Deadly Ground. Deadly Ground's uh, uh, released 1994, uh, February 18th. And uh, so, how about you just give us a synopsis uh, as short? Like, there's the uh, what's the book we used to read instead of reading the book? The Cliff Notes. Cliff Notes. There's the Cliff Notes, and then there's the miniature Cliff Notes, which you're going to do right now. Yeah. Okay. So basically, this movie is. A uh, dude who wears funny jacket, uh, former, I guess, uh, CIA. CIA agent yeah. with a high-pitched voice. Uh, there's like an oil, oil, oil spill, and then he comes to town. Michael Caine wants to employ him because they don't want this to get out. Uh, they all got money problems. There's a lot of fighting. There's a chick in it that he likes. Uh Blah blah blah. He just he comes. He he kicks butt. He wins. Movie over. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's he, he's going to pretty much give the Michael Caine the 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 comeuppance. You know what? What I'm learning as we do this is that movies that I watched back, like this movie, would have been in my twenties, and I watch it now. And you know, I thought back in my twenties, I was pretty mature, but I, I think I, this was not my favorite Seagal movie. But I look back now, I'm like. Dude, why did you even halfway like this movie? I mean, it's it's just it's it's so horrible. It know? was all I could do to finish it. Yeah, like, I I kept thinking, man. I looked at my at the at the the time. I'm thinking, oh, we're only forty minutes into this movie, and it's an hour and forty minutes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to sit through some more of this. It was it was a hard watch. It was it, very hard. It was a uh, couple things just from that that era. Uh, the song, number one song in the country, was "The Power of Love" by uh, Celine Dion. Oh, okay. You yeah. wanna? Not, I'm not a Celine Dion fan. So yeah. I don't know. Producer Gary, no. you, you, uh, nope. "Power of Love." That's Huey Lewis, right? Not I know that, that one. Not that power of love. Oh man, oh. that's my power of love. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I like. Yeah. Um, so, so this movie. Uh, Oddly enough, as as you know, as we let's look at the character of Steven Seagal in this movie. Um, did you know that, like, I mean, he when he started acting, he literally went like right into movie where he was the star of. He never did bit parts. He never like was the sidekick. I mean, he literally when he first started in the early nineties, uh, as just okay, he's the head actor and like had never done anything else before. That's that's hard to believe because he can't act, and yeah, you would think. <laughs> I mean, usually you think you could act and carry a movie, but I get. I guess when you're the producer of uh, 
Like he was actually the producer of his first movie, and I'm thinking, why is he producer when he's never done it before? I, I guess that's a power move, right? Yeah. But yeah. but when I think of Steven Seagal, I only think of two movies. Uh, um, Under Siege, that's his best movie, right? That's high mark. Steven that's the one Se- on the boat. That's the one on the boat. Yeah. He's in the navy. Yeah. Uh, and Executive Decision, where if I'm not mistaken, he dies in the first ten minutes, so it's good to get rid of the bad actor quick. Yeah. Is is that the one where Kelly LeBrock brings no. him back to hell? That's Kurt Russell on okay. the airplane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he gets killed. I think he gets killed in the beginning. It what, was what's it, what's the one where Kelly Brock uh, was the nurse that is that above the law? I thought marked that, for death or above the law. Maybe, has to be maybe one it was of one of his first movies. But it had um, to be because he was married to her, right? Yeah, I think. Could you be, imagine being married to Steven Seagal? He actually was married, and then they hooked up. While filming the movie, and then he ended up divorcing his wife. And uh, oh, this is a stand-up guy right here. I tell you what, he's just uh, ethics just scream from his life. Uh, we'll we'll talk about more. So, about that so later. this movie on Deadly Ground, uh, he wanted to make this movie right, and the 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 studio guys were like, you know, we'll we'll make this movie only if you do Under Siege two, and <laughs> none of us needed Under Siege two, right? The fact that they gave him this environmental movie to make and let him direct it, Roger. Yeah. He directed this masterpiece. Now, the beginning of this movie uh, was like a, seemed like five minutes, like at the beginning of an Alaskan nature documentary, you know, with all the pictures of the animals, you know, the polar bear running through the snow. Um, you know, I just, uh, as, as I was like, okay, when's, when's the movie going to start? I mean... <laughs> I I actually got on my notes. Love the scenery yeah. and the bald eagles. Have you ever seen a bald eagle in in nature? Just when I look in the mirror. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean I have. I've seen them flying around, and I, I think I've been to a museum or two where they had you know they you know or had one that they were showcasing. Did you know. the did the polar bear make you think of a Coca Cola commercial? It did me. Uh, oh, are we in a Coke commercial now? Uh, no, I, I think. Uh, my recent um, mistake of watching Cocaine Bear. And now every time I see a bear in a movie, I'm thinking like, you know, is he, is he, uh, is he doing drugs on the side? Like, you know, the, the bear from Cocaine Bear. <laughs> is Cocaine Bear dealing? That's probably a future uh, movie torture we'll be uh, watching. Yes, probably so. Um, so one of the first notes I made was the same thing that you said right at the beginning of your synopsis, the Indian coat. You know, <laughs> That's a power coat, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't understand. If you're going to wear tassels, you got to be like a you know super masculine uh, dude who can beat up everybody. Because uh, I don't know, just if you're wearing tassels, you gonna get teased. I don't know. Tassels with a ponytail. Yeah. Not only just tassels. Yeah. But he has the ponytail with the tassels. Brent yeah. Oak. Um, and then you know we uh, we see his introduction. I, I love how he shows up on scene at this big fire, and it's like. Because he landed and jumps off the helicopter, it's like, oh, this fire's going to get his butt kicked. You know, it's over now. And uh, it, it just uh, – this was a movie, if, if you watched it with subtitles, it was a little – it made it a little better because there were things being said in the background that you really couldn't hear. But with the subtitles there, you could hear him saying it, like with the press conferences and stuff that were going on. I mean, uh, it was – I mean, it was bad, bad acting with the, with the undercurrent of the comments, but it was hilarious. So <laughs> I didn't hear the undercurrent, but but you know, not to not to belabor the the jacket, Roger. Have you ever owned own a jacket you truly loved? 
that you would wear everywhere? I, I did. I, I think I was late to the party with the members-only jackets. Um, you were the only member? Yeah, by then, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. the only Everybody member. else had moved I've on. I've got me in members-only, baby. I, w- I was usually like, I, you know, first it was blue jean jackets, and I was one of the, probably the last ones to get that. Then it was the members-only. Then, um, uh, oh, the starter jackets, I was like, I was at the beginning of that that run. I, I, I had was, a ball starter jacket. I had a Hornets one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And uh, Panthers I'm, one as well. I'm sure the listeners are not shocked that we're not trendsetters in style. No, not 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 at all, not at all. Uh, you know, um, so yeah, the Indian coat uh, bar fight. Um, you know, here's one of the things that just frustrates me with Steven Seagal movies is like, uh, does he ever like you know like in wrestling? There's this term called um, being stiff. And it basically means that, you know, uh, when you get hit, I mean, like, you don't show, like, the 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 punches and the stuff, like, phase you, you know. And they're supposed to do that. They're supposed to sell it like Ric Flair does. But in, in his movies, it's like when he gets into a fight, nobody gets a punch in that hits. You know, nobody gets a shot to the – to the gonads on him or i mean nothing you know i mean usually guys at least you know like stallone you know he lets him get beat up he, he gets beat up a little bit but seagal's like no no i, I can't you can't mess up his face you know I, i've you know i've got to not lay I, I just that what that kind of frustrates me about his fight scenes well first his acting is bottom of the line right? yeah yeah and i you know his first line of the movie i actually wrote it down is Hey, you, what's cooking? Because I felt like his voice sounded like it was a little higher. Did you notice the higher tone? I, I don't think it was high. I just think it, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It oh, was yeah. different because I yeah. kept thinking, have they have they dubbed him? He seemed dubbed in the movie. Uh, and second. I, I love how your voice of him is your same as your Italian voice that you do yes, for. It's Italian. But, but, but. I love how he had this movie, and he's like, I want to make an inconvenient truth, but with action. Yeah. Basically, this is before inconvenient. So Al Gore yeah. ripped off Steven Seagal, which is yeah. crazy to me. But it, he, he named himself Forrest, which this is the same year that Forrest Gump came out. I didn't so realize that, So I'm just going to call yeah. him Forrest Gump throughout this movie. Yeah, that sounds good, yeah. And... and and back to For your force number two. Force number two, and this one's definitely a number two. Um, uh, his fighting, I, I wrote down, is in slow motion. Yeah, he doesn't do a lot of moving. Like if you watch uh, JCVD, right, Jean Claude Van Damme, he kind of moves around. He's agile. Steven Seagal looks like a, a short order cook. Yeah. Who can fight? When you said JC, the, my first thought was, when was Jesus in the action <laughs> no, movie? <laughs> JCVD. Yeah. But he's like a short order cook who who should have a hairnet on, and you come in and he's just, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, but he's not really moving anywhere. Yeah. 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 It was, it was pretty bad. Um, uh, and so he goes from being like the guy, uh, who, Michael Caine's character. Um, oh, we haven't got into him yet, right? But, yeah, he was the boss, the owner of this big oil company. Uh, his name was Jennings, uh, Mr. Jennings. Um, and to me, uh, Michael Caine played a jerk in this movie, 
he played what Steven Seagal is in real life, I think. You know, he's just just a big, big jerk and, you know. Is Sir Michael Caine, is he, is he slumming it in this movie? Uh yeah, and that and his hair gel, the hair gel thing with it. I mean, what what was going on with that? You know, I thought I just think it was horrible. The, the the it looked horrible. I just uh, it's like Michael. I mean, it on. looked like when producer Gary wears hair gel. It yeah. was not a good look, and it was plastered on his head, and his hair was jet black. Yeah, which was weird. Yeah, it's like he said, "I'll anoint me some jet black hair." Yeah. My Michael Caine. That's my Sir Michael Caine. <laughs> he's a sir now. Yeah, he's a sir. But but back then in the nineties, he was not turning down movie roles. I no. think he was in a ton of movies. I don't think in the 90s. anybody was turning down movie roles in the nineties with as many bad movies there were, and you know, and who was in them? You know, just uh, yeah. Is, is he retired now, Michael Caine? I haven't seen him in when much. When was the recently. last movie he was in? Because. What's your favorite Michael Caine movie? Maybe I asked that question. Oh, man. You know, I can't even think of one right now. He's been in so many, but I just can't. Not one just jumps out at me. Um, I will say, I only ever knew him as an old man. Like, that's the only movies I've seen him in, like, Kingsman. Yeah. I thought he did okay in that one. Yeah, and then Kingsman. He was, and then he was Alfred. But he's always been, to me, he's always been an old man. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he's retired. I think he's still acting, but he's yeah. old. Yeah, he's he's definitely old. He, he is uh, born in 1933, so he is 90 years old at this point. So, uh, so basically, uh, Jennings Michael Caine owns this big company, oil company that he purchased from the uh, the Alaskans, the uh, the ex- Eskimos. Um, is, is Eskimos today like a a PC term, or the, is it, can you still use that? I guess we can that? call them indigenous people. Maybe yeah. is that the right? Yeah. If we 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 can't forget that Forrest Gump lights a heater with fire, and that's a power move. Yeah. He takes that cigarette he's smoking, and he lights it with fire. Yeah. I thought the same thing in that first scene, and also uh, there was another scene later. I think he think he had one like that, and. Uh, you know, I chew out people for smoking at the gas pump. You know, he's going into like a huge chemical oil fire. You know, with you know, with with it hanging out of his mouth. It's, uh, the the dudes around him are like, "Hey, bro, I got a family at home, man. Yeah. You can't be smoking your heater. You're gonna blow me up. I'm not gonna get home. Today's my birthday." Yeah. Here's the other thing. I mean, this this movie was like his way of like doing a political movie for the environment. Um, but the whole thing basically is oil and everything being blown up all over the place. Does he really care about the environment? Yeah. yeah. He wants people to think he cares about the environment, but you know, Hey, along the way, we're just going to dump all this oil and stuff all over the place. What about Michael Caine's bodyguard? I'm going to call him Perry because he's from scrubs. Oh, Perry. Yeah. Uh, his name was Magruder, which made me think of MacGruber. Exactly. It took me out of the movie. It made me think of MacGruber. Uh, and, and, you know, out of all the bodyguards or like henchmen kind of guys, he's the worst. Uh, you know, when something when things get a little stressful, he just starts firing off a gun at anybody and everybody, and you know, with that high pitched scream, and I'm, you know, I, I just he was totally out of character from the the other roles that he's played in his career. 
I mean, he's always played that big, uh, you know, that bad guy or that military kind of guy. And, uh, yeah, this one was just uh, – Kane's character, Jennings, was a, like a total jerk. His character was more like um, uh, a whiny you – know, whoever, who's ever had a whiny bodyguard, you know? When I get a henchman, uh, my henchman is going to be cool, calm, and collected when he follows me around. None of this screaming and shooting guns off real early. Yeah. My henchman's going to be cool, calm, and collected. I thought producer Gary was your henchman. I thought, And he's the opposite of cool, calm, and collected. <laughs> well, you have Matt. Yeah. Yeah, Matt too, yeah. Uh, I like how when, when Forrest Gump walks into the bar, he sees Mike Starr there. Some of you, some of you fans of Dumb and Dumber, which I'm a huge fan of Dumb and yeah. Dumber, recognize this guy. The hot now, sauce dude. The hot sauce guy. Why in the world... I guess Mike starts looking at, at Forrest going, this guy looks like a short-order cook, right? Like, he's not going to beat me up. I don't understand why he continues to talk talk junk to Steven Seagal in this movie. No, he just he kept talking it, kept talking it. And it's like, from the very first interaction in the scene, everybody in the background is going, ooh, ah, oh, oh. And it took Seagal, like, forever to finally beat the crap out of him. You know, I just, like, I don't know. I just... When is a when is an action star ever like Mr. Patience and like you know other than Chuck Norris? I mean Chuck Norris was you know, which 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 brings me to the this thing I've always wanted to know, Roger. I wish there was a video game. First off, who would win in a fight between Steven Seagal and JCVD? Oh, Jean Claude, without a doubt. So, would you want to play a video game? That had Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal, JCVD, Bruce Lee, Jet Lee, Mama Lee, any any all the eighties and nineties, all the eighties and nineties, uh, uh, Sylvester heroes. Stallone, yeah, Bruce Arnold. Willis, Arnold, and 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 it's kind of like Mortal Kombat, yeah. But so that'd be cool. We call it actor. If combat. you had that actions video game, whenever like you you know you're losing, you know like. I never did this, but but when my son was growing up, whenever he started to lose, he would hit the reset button. Wouldn't it be cool if you hit the reset button and Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice would come through? I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah, and the way you beat Seagal is you just throw muffins or donuts at him, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. He starts eating them, and you're yeah. like, oh, man, I got to eat this. Yeah, well, definitely donuts. I got to eat this. With him being a, you know, a law enforcement officer at one point. He did have a show on A&E, right? Yeah, he did. <laughs> did you ever watch that garbage? No, I my 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 journey through Wikipedia on him, research on him, just uh, was was the best. What would you do if you got pulled over by Steven Seagal uh, in New Orleans? Yeah, in, in New Orleans, that's just kind of his, his place. He did a handful of movies from there. Well, well, now the Kremlin is his place, but then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then New Orleans best was, buds with Putin. Yeah, what would you do if you got listeners? What would you do if you got pulled over by Steven Seagal? Would you ask him for an autograph, or would you be like, "This is I'm getting punked," right? Yeah, I I, I just only I, I think I would be kind of in shock, and I would really want to like say a really bad joke or something just to see if he'd laugh. That would be my goal to see if I could make him laugh. Okay, so I know he never of, laughs. He doesn't laugh. I know of three famous police officers, actor police officers: Steven Seagal, Shaq, Elvis. And see, I think Elvis—that's a new one to me. Elvis I mean, was a was a Memphis. I think he was like a, 
Uh, he yeah, he was a Memphis police officer. He would carry. He had a badge, and he would go around with a badge. Are you sure you're not just thinking about that TV show we were watching? I'm sure. <laughs> I'm serious. He was a, he was the police officer. My question is, producer Gary, who would you rather get pulled over by, Elvis, Shaq, or Steven Seagal, and get arrested? Well, okay. First off, if I get pulled over by any of those three, I'm thinking there's there's no way. That guy's a real cop, right? This some like there's a camera somewhere watching me. This is some TV show, right? Definitely. I, that's my yeah, first, I, that's my immediate first thought. Yeah, especially especially, like, especially if it's Shaq, you would think I'm getting pumped right yeah. now. I would like to get pulled over by Shaq. I think we would have a good conversation. We'll get, what is it getting Shaq a fooled or whatever? Yeah, Shaq a fooled, but I think I think he's legit a cop though, right? Yeah, he, he yeah. He, think, does think, does Shaq carry Papa John's in his police car? I think I think Shaq's the most likely to let you go. You think he's the most likely? To, see, I think Shaq would still give me a ticket. He he seems like a really nice guy. I think of the three, oh, if, I don't know that much about Elvis yeah. in terms of like, but I think Shaq would let you go. Of of those three, and Shaq walked up to my window. The first thing I'd say to him is, "Man, Papa John's pizza is the best." You know, I, you got it. You can't. What if he walks up, Roger, and you've got a gluten free Pizza Hut box in your bag? You're done. You're yeah. you're cooked. Yeah. <laughs> you or, are or done. If he, if he walked up to my car, I'd say, hey, can I get garlic sauce to go, please? <laughs> oh, gosh. And if Steven Seagal walked up and you had, like, uh, a JCVD movie in your backseat, then it's crazy they never teamed up, right? Let me explain that for the, uh, the Gen Zers. There used to be a day when movies were actually on these little discs. And that we, we actually put them into a player. And we pressed play, and then they would, they would play. They weren't... Um, streamed down from the internet i love how this movie sucks so bad that we've spent five minutes talking about who you would rather get pulled over by in new orleans none of us are even in new orleans listeners we're not even in new orleans yeah so uh we get through like the setup and he gets um because he starts to find out the conspiracy and he's you know of course confronts michael kane um and then we get the eskimos kind of saving his life and nursing him back to health um. Yeah, there's some scenes in that point we can't really talk about. Um, I felt kind of like uh, I had kind of felt like I needed to fast forward through some of it because it was, uh, you know, um, I, I wonder if he was was that that uh, the Eskimos and Indians smoke the um oh the peace pipe. But there's a what's, is what's, that a what's the name of it? It's a there's a certain name for it. I can't think of it. Uh. But yeah, I just uh, he starts having these visions and all that, and just you know it was kind of crazy. And then when he wakes up, the lady, the like female Yoda that's there feeding him, uh, that would have scared me to the back point. I would want to go back into a coma because <laughs> that was. I'm even having trouble remembering that scene. Oh Roger. no, no, you can't forget <laughs> that scene where he's they're nursing him back to health, and he wakes up, and as, as he wakes up, he sees this like 95 year old lady who looks like. Like I said, Yoda's grandmother, and uh, and she's trying to stick food into his mouth, and uh, and that's not like what you you want to wake up with a beauty, beautiful woman with the fan and the grapes, not ninety five year old grandma to Yoda. Yeah, you, you, you want to wake up to Joan Chin, who is also in this movie, and boy is she slumming it in this movie. Yeah. She, she comes from the she, Last Emperor. That's a Steven Spielberg movie, right? Yeah. To now being directed by Steven Seagal, yeah. Forrest Gump. And, she, and she, what does she do all movies? She carries around a bag of his weapons and explosives. 
you know, because the whole time they're they're doing all this stuff, he's like, hand me a C4, hand me another C4, and uh, and that's all she does is she's following around carrying a bag with them, and but she she drives a mean uh, snowmobile. I mean, she she did do that really well, but that was pretty much the extent. And throwing the oil on Michael Caine there in the very beginning at the press conference. Uh, was there a man more hated at these press conferences than uh, Jennings, Michael Caine's character on here? Is, I, I I don't think so, but I wanted to ask one question about John. Is she basically the co from Rambo to, you know, the lady that hangs out with Rambo all the time? Yeah. She's basically the co-character, yeah, right? Yeah, I would think so. You know, just make sure she does things for Rambo. Yeah. You know, carries this. I'd like to have someone that would just carry my supplies for me. Yeah. That would be a nice gig. I get out of my car. Hey, uh, hey, buddy, I guess it'd be my henchman. Producer Gary, hand me my laptop. Yeah, Producer Gary, hand me my laptop. It's called a pack mule. A pack mule. <laughs> but he's a hated dude, right? Yeah. So one of the other henchmen in the movie, Otto, Otto never speaks in this movie. You know, the big, burly, Swedish kind of guy. He, he never he never speaks uh, in the movie. Um, and then we, we go through all the explosions and the fighting and, you know, Michael Caine basically telling everybody to stay there. Yeah, he's he's gonna be the last guy there. He's calling everybody a lot of different names we don't use as they're fleeing from the scene. But was was Michael was Michael Kane was he friends with Steven Seagal in the beginning? Because he worked for Steven Seagal worked for him, right? Yeah. He was kind of like Lieutenant Dan DeForest with yeah. legs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was his Lieutenant Dan, right? Yeah. But so, see, there was an excuse why well, Lieutenant Dan was a jerk. I mean, he was. You know, he was high on drugs, and you know he's pretty much an addict. You know, like true. So he was, you know, he was an angry addict. But you know, uh, Michael Caine's movie was just a complete rich, pompous jerk. He was horrible, horrible in this movie. Uh, so we get to the action scenes, and we get down to the very end of the movie. <coughs> Worst speech ever. Like, oh, you're at the end. Yeah, I'm there, not quite there, there yet. Okay, all right. So look, I have yeah, a few things. Yeah. That, I'm trying to speed through this, Brad. <laughs> there's there's one line in this movie I really love. He says, "Tell him I'm a mouse hiding from the hawks in the house of a raven." Yeah, that is the dumbest line. What does that mean? Exactly, producer Gary. What does that mean? And we haven't even talked about Arlie Ermy in this movie, who is slumming it. Uh, what's your major malfunction? He's, oh, oh, oh! How yeah, did yeah. we miss Arlie Ermy? He is slumming it. He needs to be asking himself. And he has the best lines in the movie. He does, but he needs to be asking himself, what's my major yeah. malfunction yeah. for being in this stupid movie? Yeah. Like, and, and when he jumps out of the oil there at the very end, I mean, at least let Seagal get shot in the shoulder or something just to say, but no, not Seagal. I'm going to come out of this movie totally unscathed <laughs> in the midst of a, you know, burning fires and fights and, you know, I just. I, He's bulletproof. He is. He's he bulletproof. Is. Uh, and then let's not forget Billy Bob. This movie has good actors in it. Billy Bob's lines are pretty good, too. Yeah. Billy Bob, do you think Billy Bob came to set and he was like, I got this Carl character on oh, oh, Sling Blade, and why am I doing this Forrest Gump movie on oh, oh. And I think like some of his lines, like the when he's up there getting ready to, and he's like talking about how Oh, oh, this dude's awesome! Like talking about Seagal and his, his fight scenes, like building them up. Like, 
you know, oh, he's he's better than we thought, you know. And I, I don't know. I just uh, I thought I thought his appearance was wasted. They, he should have been there from the beginning. I was actually looking for him in the very beginning when the the, the group of henchmen showed up. I'm like. Where's Billy Bob at? He didn't show up to at least an hour. In the I movie, know. Right? I know. What what a waste. And this was prime fat Billy Bob. Yeah. He was gearing up to be Carl and Sling Blade yeah. in this movie. Like, yeah. he probably left the set and was like, now I'm going to go make an Academy this Award winning movie. This was angelina Jolie. I mean, this was. Yeah. But yeah. this was, oh, oh going to get me a Sling Blade on. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. basically what he's doing. Okay. I also wrote, how scary would it be to jump off a cliff with a horse? I forgot about that scene. Yeah, that's a crazy scene. Yeah. If you could have one animal to jump off a cliff with, which animal are you choosing? Uh, maybe like something big, like a bear or elephant to cushion my fall. Oh, I'm, I'm taking monkey, man. They got those monkey hands. Yeah. They just get down. They can jump out of trees. Or a cat. Cats can fall. They got nine lives. Or one of, those, uh, one of those bats, big, the big bats who can spread their wings and, you know, I don't know. It, it's not going to be a horse because their legs break really, yeah, really easy. Yeah, and then you got to shoot them. Yeah, and I don't want to have to shoot the horse when yeah. I'm I'm sitting down there. I was like, "Hey, thanks, Mister Ed. You jumped off the cliff for me, yeah. but now I got to shoot you because your leg is yeah. broken." How many? Yeah. I'm wondering how many horses they went through in this movie. You know, to oh get my that gosh. scene right. You know, could you imagine? I bet. I bet Steven Seagal was like, probably. Yeah, he probably shot a few horses in his day because they got a leg broke because he's so big. Yeah, yeah. There's there's many things that he did wrong in his life. As a matter of fact, let's just jump on that real quick. The dude had eight sexual harassment suits against him through the 90s and 2000s. Um, he uh, was convicted or at least charged with federal security violations. Uh, he... Um, had incidents with stuntmen where he didn't he didn't pay them or treated them unfairly on the scenes. Um, his Wikipedia page of like his and his uh, troubles with people were longer than his movie credits. He, uh, yeah, and and he was still a cop. I mean, in the midst of all this, it's just kind of crazy all the all the crazy stuff that he did. Um, all right, so any, anything else before we get to the, the, the last scene? The most movie scene, the most moving scene ever in film? I got to be honest. Uh, I, I read that he wanted 40 minutes. He had a 40-minute cut of him giving a speech at the end. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just, I, when, when he started talking, I really just zoned out. I'm like, this is, I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't even write down any notes from that. I just like, I just wrote worst movie speech ever. Um, <laughs> worst movie speech ever. Yeah. It, it, he's in a lot of worst. Yeah. Uh, Roger, do, do we have any reviews for this movie? Uh, nothing good. Um, I have some five star reviews. I'm going to read. Yeah. One guy said that the, his, uh, they said there were more. Um, the speech was more interesting than the fighting. Oh my gosh! That's how, that's how bad. I gotta be honest. The the fighting I would give at least a seven to. There were some good fight. Expectations are very low. Uh, the the the, the fightings and and also this is this is our you know this is our third movie in a row where we've seen a barfing scene. Yeah. We're 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 on the barfing train at this point. Yeah, and that was Michael Starr at the, at the bar fight, right? Yeah, and 
and I, I, Joan Chin, attractive lady. Yeah. She's probably a solid seven on the 10 scale, if we're going to. But he, surprisingly, he didn't put a lot of chicks in this movie. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of chicks in this movie. Yeah, I, I would. Probably because they didn't want to work with him. Yeah. <laughs> He's was, a skeezy dude. Which, which was a, probably a good thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, side note before we get more, did you know he's the he was called the worst SNL guest host of all time? Wow, I'm not surprised. And David Spade said that. That all we always bring up David Spade on this podcast yeah. every yeah. week. There's a David Spade drop somewhere yeah. in this podcast. Yeah, six degrees of David Spade. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, he uh, they uh, um, by the time Saturday came around, he had. He had basically belittled everybody on the the, the cast and uh, crew that the writers stopped writing stuff for him, and uh, and literally, um, and then a few weeks later, they uh, had another guest on the show, and and the guest was like, "I don't want to be the worst host ever." And then somebody spoke up and said, "No, Steven Seagal already handled that." So, but uh, but yeah, okay, let's get into the back to the reviews. What uh. What did uh, what else did you come up with? Okay, I found some amazing five star reviews on Amazon from people that actually bought this movie. Yeesh. Yeah, this is from Roland Stone. Maybe his first name is Roland. I don't know, yeah. but he goes by Roland Stone. He must have been Stone. Why he this had movie. to have been? He said five stars. Amazing action, beautiful scenery, an absolutely brilliant and socially valuable plot. Don't be shocked. It really is. This is a permanent classic. I really feel sorry for Rolling Stone right now because if he thinks this movie's a classic, uh, Roger, I'd like to email Rolling Stone. Yeah, Roger Ebert said uh, the movie was limited to basic qualities. It's violent and it's sanctimonious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a five-star review. Gregory Matisse he wrote in 2014, love Steven Seagal. Can he make a bad movie? Question mark. <laughs> he has to be trolling, right? Yeah. There's no way he thinks Steven Seagal only makes good movies. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, one, um, one uh, critic said that Seagal lacked acting technique and the ability behind the camera to keep the story simple and direct. I mean, we pretty much affirmed that pretty quickly on. Well, he doesn't know how to direct. Yeah. And he's basically done it by himself. Um, this guy uh, gives it four out of five, so he would not give it a five. Ryan Couture from 2015 said, Steven Seagal, what's not to love? Question mark. His movies. <laughs> well, his movies, <laughs> his life, his behavior. Yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, everything about Steven Seagal is unlovable. Yeah. And I would not want to hang out with Forrest in this movie. No. I, I would. He is a dude. I would. I would rather hang out with that Mike Starr character who bullied him. One one uh, critic said to understand Seagal is to understand. All you have to do is watch on Deadly Ground, and that sums up kind of who he is as a person and actor and everything. Do you feel like the studio guy was like, well, we gave him on Deadly Ground. And that movie stunk. Yeah. And Under Siege stunk. Like, do you feel like he regretted doing this? 
I, I, I think he made a lot of money. Oh, the producer. The, yeah. pro- the movie studio yeah. that, that yeah. made the deal with the devil. I don't know. You're signing that deal, yeah, man. There were, there, were, there were a lot of dumb people like us in the 90s who went to go see the movies. So, you know, uh, and they made a killing from it. So I, I would think, you know, if you're associated with him, you would have made some money. And this is right when he's about to tip the scales to Fat Steven Seagal, right? Like yeah. he's, on the, he's on the ledge of Fat Steven Seagal. Yeah. He's almost there. You know, he was he was a Buddhist, and he was so much a Buddhist, he decided he wanted to look like Buddha as best he could <laughs> by the end, yeah. Do you guys think, how do people get famous for such a bad movie? Like, from what I've heard, this is a terrible, like, this guy's a terrible actor. How do you guys think that someone that's apparently never made a good movie, from what y'all are telling me, get famous and are so well-known? Like well, I've heard this name, but I've never seen a movie. But I know, you know. Well, see, the '90s were were '80s and '90s were action movies. I mean, it, I mean, like, and it didn't matter if you how you acted. I mean, just go down the list: Seagal, Schwarzenegger, um, some of the worst actors. But they 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 were action heroes, and everybody loved you know watching the bobs explode and fight scenes, and so. Uh, it, I mean, even guys like uh, who's the guy that was in Rocky Four, Rocky Five, Morrison. Oh, Tommy the Duke Morrison. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was an action hero in a in a movie during in the that worst time. Rocky. Yeah. Well, even even in a, there was another movie I think he was in too. I mean, but there were just a lot of bad action heroes. And as long as you had action and then you had one of those uh, movie trailers that went, you know, in the beginning, you know. But but Steven Seagal had already done Under Siege, which was a good movie. It's his best movie. Uh, it's got Gary Busey in it. Which and Tommy makes, Lee Jones. And Tommy. So it's, again, the, the heavy hitters come out to play with Steven Seagal, but he has to be the man. And I, it's just, yeah. Roger, did not to belabor the point, is this movie torture or is this movie gold for you? Uh, this is complete torture. This is like uh, having, like, you know, I go to the movies to, to eat popcorn, and, you know, that's one of my favorite things. But this was like going to the movie and having to eat broccoli while you're watching, the, you know, or or some other disgusting, you know, vegetable, you know. So <laughs> I, I like broccoli, maybe spinach. I don't yeah. want to eat spinach. But, yeah, this is amazingly bad movie torture. Please do not force me to watch this movie again. Uh, I don't know if I even want to revisit another Steven Seagal movie for a while. I got to get this taste out of my yeah, mouth. Yeah. Um, this was, as I like to call hot garbage. It was, it was, it was hot garbage. Well, thank you guys for listening for producer Gary and Roger. This podcast brought to you by Hopecast, and we would love your feedback. Follow us on movie torture pod on Instagram. Leave us your feedback. Follow us there. Leave us a review on iTunes. Only if it's good, though. We don't like bad reviews, do we, Roger? No, no bad reviews. No, if you're going to leave a bad review, we're going to make you watch a bunch of Steven Seagal movies. Yeah, If you're going to leave a bad review, at least do it uh, anonymously so we don't you know, know who around us doesn't like us, so we you know we won't feel awkward around you. Yes, we don't want to feel awkward around you if you don't like our. But again, we'll just we'll just send you a bunch of Steven Seagal movies and make you watch them. So, hey, for everybody here, we'll see you next week. What's our next movie, Roger? It, we don't we don't know yet. We uh, haven't decided. Is it not? 
bench warmers? Oh, it is. It's bench warmers. Yeah. yeah, we're doing bench warmers next week. So if you like David Spade, the David Spade train will continue Yeah. Uh, with you, bench warmers. You got to love Brad. Brad texts me and tells me what movies we're doing. And then he has to ask me which movies we're doing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. <laughs> hey, for hey. all that being said, we'll see you on the bench warmer episode. Be cool. Have a great week.